0: Rhapsody, enthusiastic expression of feeling, an epic poem, a recitation, highly emotional utterance, literary, music in irregular form, stitched together, improvised, a collection of effusive, extravagant discourse, rapturous, ecstasy. You're listening to A Rose Rhapsody.
1: I understand. Yeah. Uh, so when I get my hands on I think I'll be yelling right now. now is right I'm afraid right
0: And now. now, the read.
2: child and peace attend thee all through
1: ho, my boys, said Fezziwig. No more work tonight. Christmas Eve, Dick. Christmas, Ebenezer, let's have the shutters up, cried old Fezziwig with a sharp clap of his hands. Before a man can say Jack Robinson. Hilly ho, cried old Fezziwig, skipping down from the high desk with wonderful agility. Clear away, my lads, and let's have lots of room here. Hilly ho, Dick. Cheer up, Ebenezer. Clear away. There was nothing they wouldn't have cleared away, or couldn't have cleared away, with old Fezziwig looking on. It was done in a minute.
2: Wassail, wassail, all over the town. Our toast, it is white, and our ale, it is brown. Our bowl, it is made of the white maple tree, with a wassailing bowl, we'll drink
1: movable was packed off, as if it were dismissed from public life forevermore. The floor was swept and watered, the lamps were trimmed, fuel was heaped upon the fire, and the warehouse was as snug and warm and dry and bright a ball room as you would desire to see on a winter's night. In came a fiddler with a music-book, and went up to the lofty desk and made an orchestra of it, and tuned like fifty eggs. In came Mrs. Fezziwig, One vast, substantial smile. In came the three Mrs. Fezziwig, beaming and lovable. In came the six followers whose hearts they broke. In came all the young men and women employed in the business. In came the housemaid and her cousin the baker. In came the cook with her brother's particular friend the milkman. In came the boy from over the way, who was suspected of not having board enough from his master. Trying to hide himself behind the girl from next door, but one who was proved to have had her ears pulled by her mistress. In they all came, anyhow and everyhow.
2: Soul, soul, cake, please goodness, it's a soul cake, An apple, a pear, a plum, a cherry, any good thing to make us all merry. One for Peter, two for Paul, three for him who made us all. Go down into the cellar and see what you can find. If the barrels are not empty, we hope you will prove kind. We hope you will prove kind with your apples and strong beer.
1: Away they they all went, twenty couple at once, hands half round and back again the other way, down the middle and up again, round and round in various stages of affectionate grouping Old top couple always turning up in the wrong place. New top couple starting off again as soon as they got there. Old top couples at last, and not a bottom one to help them. When this result was brought about, the fiddler struck up Sir Roger de Coverley. Then old Fezziwig stood out to dance with Mrs. Fezziwig. Top couple, too, with a good stiff piece of work cut out for them. Three or four, and twenty pairs of partners. People who were not to be trifled with people who would dance and had no notion of walking. But if they had been thrice as many, oh, four times as many, old Fezziwig would have been a match for them, and so would Mrs. Fezziwig. As to her, she was worthy to be his partner in every sense of the term. If that's not high praise, tell me higher, and I'll use it. A positive light appeared to issue from Fezziwig's calves. They shone in every part of the dance like moons. You couldn't have predicted at any given time what would become of them next. And when old Fezziwig and Mrs. Fezziwig had gone all through the dance, advance, and retire, both hands to your partner, bow and curtsy, corkscrew, thread the needle, and back again to your place, Fezziwig cut, cut so deftly that he appeared to wink with his legs, and came upon his feet again with a stagger. When the clock struck eleven, the domestic ball broke up. Mr. and Mrs. Fezziwig took their stations, one on either side of the door, and, shaking hands with every person individually as he or she went out, wished him or her a Merry Christmas. When everybody had retired but the two prentices, they did the same to them, and thus the cheerful voices died away, and the lads were left to their beds, which were under a counter in the back shop. During the whole of this time Scrooge had acted like a man out of his wits. His heart and soul were in the scene, and with his former self. He corroborated everything, remembered everything, enjoyed everything, and underwent the strangest agitation. It was not until now, when the bright faces of his former self and Dick were turned from him, that he remembered the ghost and became conscious that it was looking full upon him, while the light upon its head burnt very clear. A small matter, said the ghost, to make these silly folk so full of gratitude. Small, echoed Scrooge. The spirit signed to him to listen to the two apprentices who were pouring out their hearts in praise of Fezziwig, and when he had done so said, Is it not? He has spent but a few pounds of your mortal money—three or four, perhaps. Is that so much that he deserves this praise?" "'It isn't that,' said Scrooge, heated by the remark and speaking unconsciously like his former, not his latter self. "'It isn't that, Spirit. He has the power to render us happy or unhappy, To make our service light or burdensome, a pleasure or a toil. Say that his power lies in words and looks, in things so slight and insignificant that it is impossible to add and count them up. What then? The happiness he gives is quite as great as if it cost a fortune." He felt the spirit's glance and stopped. What is the matter? asked the ghost. Nothing particular said Scrooge. Something, I think, the ghost insisted. No, said Scrooge. No, I should like to be able to say a word or two to my clerk just now. That's all. His former self turned down the lamps as he gave utterance to the wish, and Scrooge and the ghost again stood side by side in the open air.
2: Frosty winds made moan. Earth stood hard as iron, water like a stone. Snow had fallen, snow on snow, snow on snow on snow. It
1: You have been listening to excerpts from A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, with music arranged and performed by The Roses' in-house musical group, The Gamut. I'm Christopher Lane.
2: snow on snow snow on snow on snow
0: Episodes of The Rose Rhapsody drop the first Monday of every month and can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you take your listening pleasure. That fabulous horn you've been hearing belongs to Marcus Roots, along with his collaborator on the keys, Adrian Ruiz. Additional tracks from Sessions of Rhapsody in Blue feature guitarist Matt Gold, Hater Garcia on percussion, and the tenor saxophone of Irvin Pierce. To learn more about us and what we do, head over to theroserhapsody.com. And if you love interesting new content as much as we do, spread the word or drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. This week's podcast was produced by Trevor Morgan and Richard C. Washer and is a product of the Rose Theatre Company, all rights reserved. I'm Leslie Kopolinski. Now let's get back to that horn.